Hi and welcome. This is Hagahelia Porvo Stories. As always, I am Yanni Lunga. And today's episode kicks off a series on international studies. If you've been thinking about studying abroad, I know, I know what you're thinking. Well, with the coronavirus situation, I don't know if I'm going to be going abroad soon. Stay positive, be hopeful. I'm sure that things are going to start to improve very soon. So today's episode is chapter one of the series on exchange studies. You're going to hear from today's guests as well as future guests, and you're going to hear about different experiences. You're going to hear from a student who was supposed to go to her exchange semester already this spring, but because of coronavirus situation that has been moved to autumn, you're going to hear from a student who was abroad for her exchange semester and came back to Finland just a couple of weeks ago, as well as from foreign students who came to Finland to study at the Hagahelia Porvo campus. Today's episode features the first part of the interview that I did with international coordinator of the Hagahelia Porvo campus, Elin Anderson. Elin and I sat down to talk about the international services. Without further ado, here is the interview with Elin Anderson. Elin, the first question I need to ask you has actually nothing to do with the content of the episode itself, but it's something that just triggered my curiosity, something you said before we started here, and is about your connection to apple trees. So can you take a moment to actually tell all of us two things? The first one is, what's the name of your cat? And the second thing, can you tell us, how did you get started with apple trees and apple juice? Well, the cat name is Dallas. He's, he's 15, so he's actually what you would call a, um, a grandpa in cat age. He's, he's pretty <laughs> old. I think there's something like 60, 17 in human years. The apple trees, actually, I've I never been into gardening. I, I never knew anything about these things. But then me and my husband decided to, to buy an old house in Porvo. And the house came with a, a garden with five apple trees. And, of course, the apple trees started to get a lot of apples and it was a lot of apples every year. I think <laughs> last year we got 250 kilos. And of course, because we both we both care about the environment and don't want to waste food, we realized we have to do something. We, I mean, apple pie is nice, but you can't make of 250 <laughs> kilos of apple. You can't just make <laughs> apple pie. And then we decided to, we, we looked around and, and saw there were a lot of these places where you can make juice. So every year we pick, we pick these 200 kilos apples and made into apple juice. And my, my colleagues love this because they know, they know when the season comes, they'll get a few bottles for themselves as well. Oh, that's very good to know. So if anybody wants some apple juice, Ellie Anderson is the person to get in touch with. <laughs> yes. Great. Well, I know that you are the person to get in touch with also when it comes to, for example, studying abroad or doing something abroad because you're part of the Hagahelia International Services. So I think the first question when it comes to that, Aileen, is can you take a moment to tell everybody a little bit more about international services at Hagahelia? Maybe we can start from a general Hagahelia perspective and then we can focus on the Porvo campus. Yeah, so, so what we do, well, as as cliche as it might sound, we pretty much do what the name says. We, we make students and staff go international, which, of course, with today, with the world getting smaller and smaller, is quite a vital skill. And we help 
the students get these international skills in an easy and, and fun way as well. That's pretty much, in, in a nutshell, that's what we do. Okay, so we're going to talk about the, the international skills a bit further because I think that's something that some people listening to you and I may be curious about and want to learn more about. But before we do that, can you maybe share an example of how the process actually looks like? Obviously, I know that there is different contexts, different situations, but let's say I am a student at the Porvo campus and I would be interested in studying abroad, but maybe I'm not sure where I would like to study at. So how would that process look like briefly, Ellen? Getting internationalized, you can get that in, in, in a lot of different ways. Study abroad is, is one option. It's a really good option. And it's also the one that takes most of my, my working time. But if you want to go and study abroad, I think the first, first hard thing to do or the first hard decision to make is actually the decision of going. I think that's where most of my students struggle. People generally, I think, are really good at making excuses for themselves. And some students know from day one when they start to talk highly, they want to go for exchange and they know exactly where they want to go and what they want to do. But then mm-hmm. there's a lot of students who aren't sure. They think that mm, maybe I should go, but, you know, I have a job and well, I have a new boyfriend or girlfriend and a lot of really good excuses, but still there are excuses. So I think the first thing I would recommend for everyone is to put those aside. I could use myself for example. When I studied I just met a really nice guy two months before. I had a really good job. It was in my field in Helsinki and also a really nice cheap apartment in the center of Helsinki. And <laughs> then I decided, you know, what the heck? And I went to live and studied in Manchester for half a year. I left the boyfriend, the apartment, and I quit my job and went to, to the UK for half a year. And it was one of the best things I did. And of course... It was a hard decision, Mm -hmm. but when I came back, I got an even better job. The apartment was still there. And well, the boyfriend is my husband nowadays, so I guess that also worked (laughs) out. So so first and all, skip the excuses. If you want to go, just go. Then when you you pass this test, then you can actually start looking at the practical details. First of all, you have to check when is the best time for you to go. This is where I can help you. And also MyNet has a lot of info on this. Then the main application round is always in January, February. So when you're sitting down for Christmas dinner, that's when you should remember that, okay, I should have a look at those exchange (laughs) destinations later on. Maybe New Year's Eve, you can sit down with a glass of wine and and see where to go. So then one was planning to go on one side of the war, but then because of New Year's Eve drinks and things like that, the person ends up applying for a university which is on the opposite side of the world. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> and I mean, you, you can always sit down and, and, you know, in New Year's, they always have this TV show about the New Year's in different countries. So maybe you can pick from there <laughs> where to go. <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But then it's actually pretty easy. It's an online application. You just fill in your information. Then you put in your preferred destinations. And after that, it's when the disappointments maybe starts because we actually select the students mostly based on grades. So if you're a student just starting at Tagahelia listening to this, now it's the time to remember to keep keep up those grades. So mm-hmm. when you're sitting late reading for exam, you really want to give up, just 
put in that extra effort because then you might get yourself to, to Thailand on some really nice exchange destinations because you put in that effort in your grades. Of course, language skills do apply as well to some destinations, but most places you can dis study in English. But some partners offer only studies in Spanish, and then of course you have to be able to, to study in Spanish. But if there's something to remember, then have a look at the grades, because there are certain minimum criteria for the grades, and also the student with the best grade grades is the one to get the seats first. Okay, so that's actually very good criteria to, to keep in mind for anybody who's listening to you and I and is thinking about potentially going to study abroad. So it's important to really put your best foot forward and focus on getting the best results, the best outcome out of the courses you're attending, the classes and the projects, because those outcomes are actually going to have an impact on your exchange student opportunities. And Ellen, can I ask you a question? At the top of your head, are you able to tell us approximately how many partner universities does Hagahelia as a whole have? Well, actually, this is also why it's tricky to choose your exchange destinations because Hagahelia has some 200 partners. Wow. But you can only apply for up to six partners. So mm -hmm. I guess that's why you need the whole Christmas holiday to, to make your decision. <laughs> and if you were to, obviously, I mean, if we were to start to go through the list of each of the partner universities, we would probably be here for a couple of days. But could you maybe share a few places where Hagahelia has partner universities at. So you mentioned, for example, Thailand is one place. What are other places? Let's have people dream for a moment here. A little bit depending on, on what you're studying, you can pretty much go anywhere in the world. Africa is not that covered that yet, but we're working on it. But I mean, there's everything from United States. Europe has a lot of destinations. If you are a UK fan like me, there's a lot of options <laughs> If you want to go and watch the German football games, there's a lot of op options for that, that as well. And of course, the beaches in Spain are also open for applications, so to say. I mean, there's pretty much, I think there's something for everyone. A little bit depending what you want to do. If it, you want to do marine coastal tourism in the north of Scotland, there's that option. Or if you want to do really hardcore business studies in Frankfurt, that's available as well. I think there's something for everyone. Okay, that's very good to know. Thank you, Ellen. And obviously, I know that on the Hagahelia website, people can actually go through the entire list, correct, of each and every university that is partnered with Hagahelia. Yes, they actually have what we call an exchange database in MyNet. So when you want more information about going on exchange overall, MyNet is the place to go. There you can sort the partners according to your own program so you make sure that the partners are open for your program so for example you're a student in, in business or tourism there might be different partners open for you depending on what you're studying so in MyNet you can find all of them. Okay terrific thank you Ellen for clarifying that. So if we go back to international services for a second is there something that you would like to add when it comes to basically that section of Hagahelia with a particular focus on the Porvo campus? So we said it's a service that it's catered to students as well as staff members, right? Yes, basically we do cater to all of Hagahelia. So of course with the students, a lot of what we do is focused on exchange. I think mm -hmm. uh, what the student, students actually see us do is only like a fourth of all the effort that goes into to making those exchanges happen. But 
Then there's also a lot of different options for them. There are short courses, summer courses that we help them with. A lot of, we do also train the exchange tutors. So if you feel that you maybe don't want to go live abroad, but you still want to meet a lot of interesting people, you can always become a tutor for the exchange students coming to Porvo campus. And of course, for staff, they also want to go and do exchanges and we help them find suitable places for that as well. Oh, that's actually very good to know. So as I was listening to you, Elin, a couple of things popped into my head that maybe it's good for us to touch upon for a moment. The first one is, could you, and I don't know if this is a bit of a tricky question, but could you take a moment to walk us through the different, uh, basically, services that international services can help students with? So you talked about doing an exchange semester abroad, one could be an international tutor for incoming students, any other things that fall into the international services category? Well, as I said, short courses or what we call intensive courses is also. So a lot of our partner, if you don't, if you feel half a year or if you go for the double degrees, then a year is too long for you. Then, for example, spending a summer somewhere might be a good option. Uh, then we can also help you find those as well. Then, of course, if you're feeling that you would actually like to work abroad, not study, then, of course, you have to check with your internship coordinator. But actually, we can then help you get a scholarship for doing internship abroad as well. That is also an option. Okay, that's very good to know. So people can basically get help from international services for different needs. Yes, we kind of the spider in the web when it comes to international studies. And we're supposed to know a little bit of everything that's going on in the house. So I guess if you have a question, you can always come to us first and we can help you then get the right answers. That's very good. Thank you, Ellen, for clarifying that. The second point that I want to ask you about has to do with actually becoming a tutor for incoming international students. And I don't know if that's something that you kind of deal with at first hand or maybe somebody else deals with it. But if somebody's listening to you and I and just thought, well, that sounds like something I'm interested in doing. What are some of the things they would need to think about and do in order to fulfill that process? Well, it's, it's actually a really lovely student organization, Helga, who is responsible for choosing the tutors. Mm -hmm. And they also, they can probably explain more on how to apply and so on. But we work a lot together then. We train the tutors together with them. And they help, for example, when the exchange students come, they help them get from the airport. They introduce them to Finland. To, For example, when they come to Porvo, they introduce them to Porvo campus, how things work. And I think... There isn't actually much you need to, to think about. I think apply and meet a lot of new people and have a lot of fun. There you have it. So in case the idea of becoming a tutor had been at the back of your mind or anything like that, then make sure to get in touch with, with Helga, the student association for Haga Helia. Now, Elin, I want to ask you if obviously you deal and have dealt with so many students. So it may not be easy necessarily to answer the question I'm about to ask you, but do you happen to have a couple of cool, fun, whatever type of stories of students? Maybe we can approach it from two angles. Maybe we can start from the angle of students that studied at the Haga Helia Porvo campus that went somewhere abroad for an exchange semester. Are there a couple of stories that come to mind? Every year, I think that's the, the best feedback for me is when students go on exchange and come back with these wonderful stories 
where they really enjoyed themselves. But I think actually looking back at what I, I said before about making excuses, these are really, really interesting when you have, for example, I had um, a single mother deciding that she wants to go on exchange and she packed up her two kids and went to Hong Kong for half a year. I think that was a wow. wonderful story <laughs> of, of really taking a chance and go. Then I'm always happy when I have students who really know what they want to do and what they want to study because from our 200 partners, there's so much offered that we can't offer at Hagahelia. So, for example, I had a student coming and say, I want to work in the music industry, a business student. I want to focus on, on the music business of music. And he went and found a university in California specializing in this and went as a free mover and did half a year there. I think that's amazing when you really find that your passion and, and go for it. But also, I guess the students that really sticks with me are the ones who really stepped out of the comfort zone and, and really did something amazing for themselves. I had a student who had quite a lot of learning difficulties but still wanted to do an exchange so she picked a Nordic country and she was a bit shy and unsure how is this going to work and when she came back she had really grown as a person it was amazing to see and she was so happy that she went and those those are the stories that really stick then of course there's also every year a lot of fun facts people go to france to do wine courses or macau <laughs> to do <laughs> casino management <laughs> uh, i mean those are all the fun parts of, of, of doing an exchange which are, are really are happy when the students can experience these things I love it. I think these few minutes we have been having this conversation here, Ellen, it's really painting the picture of how small of a place the world is today. Because, I mean, especially if we think about your latest words here, we have gone from Porvo to the Nordic countries to California to Hong Kong. So it, it, I think it's, it's an incredible opportunity that students have nowadays to potentially combine their learning experience and their learning paths with actually life experience and the experience of living in a completely different country, different culture, maybe even different language. Yeah. And also, I think if you feel that you would like to live abroad once in your lifetime, I think going on an exchange is one of the absolute easiest way to experience this because someone helps you all the way. You, you get help choosing the destinations. You get help on how to do the paperwork, how to get the apartment, when you get there, there's someone looking after you, introducing you to the new culture. And it's, it's a really good experience on how, because I think if you really want to experience a different country, you can't just by traveling around, going week by week, going on holidays. It's not the same thing as, mm -hmm. as living somewhere half a year, going to that odd grocery store or wondering what the people are actually chatting on the bus or getting irritating on the small local things like having a <laughs> uh, I, I still remember how much I hated having a full floor rug in my bathroom <laughs> in the UK I could never figure out why but I also think those are the really wonderful experience that you come home with that you can't just go on a holiday you can't get those experience and those are the things you will remember for a lifetime yeah because it's not only studying but it's really living and Living includes every aspect of life, studying being just one of those. So as you said, actually, for example, go grocery shopping, things like that. Maybe go out to some events. You may notice that the way people are in that specific country is a completely different way to what you are used to if you're living 
in Finland or in Porvo, for example. Yes, yes. And also, I think it's an easy way to, yeah, to get in contact with the locals, but also to, I think, pick the cherries. Because, of course, sometimes when you're abroad, you realize that what are the wonderful things of living in Finland and what works. <laughs> but then when you come home, you can kind of pick with you the cherries, the really best things that you wish that you also had in Finland. And, of course, also going on exchange, you meet a lot of different exchange students and you're all in the same both that you're all, you're all new to the country, you're all trying to make new friends, trying to manage in this strange new world. And it's a wonderful opportunity of just mixing a lot of cultures at the same time as you get a really good study experience. Yeah, that's completely true. And actually, the aspect of being an exchange student, some of the challenges and other things related to that are things that we're going to cover in the part two of this conversation. Now, though, Elit, before we wrap this interview up, I want to ask you still two questions. The first one is, you've told us about a couple of, uh, of cool stories of students who went from Porvo to somewhere else around the world. And do you maybe have a couple of stories that have the focus from the world to Porvo? So in other words, examples, fun stories of students who came to Porvo from somewhere else, from abroad. Yeah, every year Porvo students usually receive some 60 international students. The feedback is usually really good for them because Porvo campus is a community. And the re- teachers were really interested in their students and focus on, on what they do. And it was always fun to see, hear from the students what they learn. And we have, for example, we actually have a former student who's nowadays an international coordinator as one of our partners. So it's great (laughs) working with her because she really knows the campus well. But also I think it's, I can't actually at the moment remember any specific stories, but I think the overall experience for exchange students is it's really different the way we study in Porvo because Usually it's their first contact of actually working with real companies and getting this really good experience already during their studies. So the feedback from the exchange students is really good that they actually felt they learned things that they're going to need in their future career. And I think every year we have actually exchange students who decide then to apply to be a degree student at Hagaheli. And I think that's one of the best feedbacks. The exchange students actually want to come back and finish their whole degree and that I really hope hope we get more of those in the future as well. Nice. And is actually the latest point there, Aileen, the basically changing from quote unquote temporary student or exchange student to full time student. Is that something that you have seen happening quite often, even for example, for students who study in Porvo but they go for an exchange semester somewhere else, or is it kind of an exceptional thing? Actually, I guess the Finnish students aren't that often changing. I think we should be proud of our education system <laughs> in Finland. It is quite good. And, and it seems that many of our students aren't interested in actually then changing. They, they're okay with studying half a year or, or a year abroad, but usually they want to come back <laughs> and, and finish. But of course, if, if that is something you want to do, but I think here also, to be honest, I think money here plays a role because in most we, have, we should be proud that we... In Finland, education is still free because Mm -hmm. in most other countries, you will have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And being somebody who comes from a different country, I'm originally from Switzerland and I did my bachelor studies there and then my master's studies in Finland. I can definitely say that it was a huge difference when it comes to costs studying 
in Finland versus studying somewhere else or abroad. The last question I have for you, Ellen, to wrap up this interview is if there is anything you would like to add when it comes to international services, it can be something that maybe we didn't touch upon or something that you want to put emphasis on once again when it comes to especially the Porvo campus. When students think about going international, I think there's so many options. So if you are at all interested in, in going abroad for a time, it's either a half a year or, sh- or a shorter summer course, just go for it. And you can always contact the international service. We are there to help. As I said, a lot of what we do is not shown <laughs> shown to the public because there's <laughs> a lot of, of practical paperwork that goes into these things that we, we have to handle for you guys. Uh, but that's why we handle these things for you guys in the background. So you, you can just enjoy the exchange and we handle all the boring stuff for <laughs> you guys. But I think, yeah, if it's, there's anything you're thinking about internationalization or, or wanting to come in contact with the exchange students we have at Porvo campus or wanting to go and, and go exchange yourself, just, just be in contact. We'll be, we're always there to help. Terrific. And what would you say, Elin, is the best way actually for people to get in contact? Is it through the Hagahella website? Is it MyNet? Is it somewhere else? I think a good place to start looking for the options is in MyNet because we have put actually everything there. There's even a little bit too much information. <laughs> so I think that's a good way to start. And then when you want to dig more deep, then just contact your international coordinator. You can find all our contact information there. If we have a really busy season, it might take some days for us to get back. But we always try to get back to you. Yeah, and obviously something that it's also worth for us to mention is that, especially now at the time we're recording this, with the coronavirus situation, it's something kind of unprecedented. So it's important for people to keep in mind that the way the process typically looks like and things like that may be slightly different because of unexpected circumstances. Yes, yes. At uh, the moment, we, we are getting, read, of course, a lot of emails from, from worried students. And at the moment, we just have to go from day to day and see what things are going. Uh, hopefully, everything will, you know, settle down and everyone can go and exchange normally and so on. But at the moment, we just have to take it from day to day. Yeah, and I'm sure things are going to get better very, very soon. Ellen, I want to say thank you so much for, for being here on the Hagahelia Porvo Stories podcast and for telling us more about the international services and why people should actually think about reaching out to international services if they're interested in studying abroad. Yeah, thank you. Okay, as I said at the beginning of the show... This episode was the first part of the conversation Ellen Anderson and I recently had. In the next episode, the conversation continues and Ellen and I shifted our focus from international services and how the services can help you toward studying abroad. We discussed some things to consider. Ellen shared some advice. If you want to make sure that you don't miss out on that episode as well as the upcoming episodes, the upcoming chapters of this series on exchange studies, then the best way to do that is to go to Spotify, for example, type Hagahelia Porvo in the search bar. You're going to see the page of the Hagahelia Porvo Stories podcast and simply click on the follow button so that you're going to see every single new episode of the show as soon as it's published. 